0: Daryl Etherington, and I'm here with Anthony Ha, And we are bringing you original content, TechCrunch's podcast about all things streaming and basically just media at this point. So, lots, <laughs> lots.
1: Right, like two out of three episodes, or three out of every four episodes, we, we stick to the, uh, the mission statement. But once in a while, we, we kind of just do stuff that we think will be interesting to us and interesting to our listeners. Like this week, we're reviewing the new Star Wars movie.
0: Yeah, and eventually it'll all be streaming anyway. It'll be f- direct to streaming right?
1: Right. I mean, really, what, what we're reviewing is is a big piece of content that will be on Disney streaming service in 2019. So we're just kind of ahead of the curve.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like, the well, one of the pieces of news that we're going to talk about uh, prefaces that time, too, because it's Netflix's attempt to, like, make a blockbuster direct. And during an interview, talking about this, uh, one of the executives there was talking about, like, Oh, we can do everything. Like there's big sound. People have big sound in their homes. Like people have that movie theater experience at home, kind of. And it's like, yeah. But uh, you also have to make good movies, and they didn't do that apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that's getting ahead of the curve. So what what are we, we going to do on the show? How does it work? Let's explain. Uh, I
1: have no idea. Uh, well, so we talk about the news, um, and then we we review one piece of streaming or non-streaming content in depth uh again the review is going to be of star wars the last jedi um and we it's a slow-ish week because we're coming up on christmas as, as i assume most of our readers know um but there is a little bit of news including the the one piece that you alluded to which is that netflix has um already basically i guess like they're, they're in development on a, on a sequel for bright which is this will smith movie um from the director from david um air i think or i air i think i don't know I, uh the the, the 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 man who made uh suicide squad
0: yes that excellent piece of uh film history uh, <laughs> he made some good movies too though he made training day that was good
1: right he wrote training day and then he oh yes, he like directed a bunch of other like cop movies and then this movie fury which is like a a, a war movie
0: Yeah, Um, which was also not super well received, if I remember correctly. I think it was like mixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But I mean, and the news is that well, the news is that like Bright is they're setting it up as a franchise. But the other news about Bright is that all the reviews arrived today. Like after the day after the news about the franchise came out, um, the review embargo lifted, and it turns out people hated this movie pretty much universally. (laughs)
1: Right. I, I have not seen any, a single good review.
0: No. And it
1: doesn't exist, but but the, the reviews right. are like, all oh, it's bad.
0: Yeah. And they're, and they're not, yeah, they're not tepid reviews. They're like, this is, how did this happen? This is a travesty <laughs> of film. Right. Uh, and someone I mean, said there it was, is like Training Day, but like Training Day and Lord of the Rings were mashed right. up, but it bad, in a bad way for both of those things.
1: <laughs> right. Because I feel like that, Con- that high concept, you're like, well, that sounds bad, but it could be really good, maybe.
0: Mm, yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. I, I, I was a little bit excited it about out. it when I heard about it, like before learning anything about it, because it's like, oh yeah, okay, like that's kind of a neat idea, neat thing to explore. It works. It's it sounds like something that works as a comic, and then maybe can work as a because that's kind of like what happens in fables anyway, isn't it? The comic.
1: Uh yeah, there's sort of like this fantasy, like it's like a detective story in a fantasy world.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not the high fantasy world, though. It's more like the fairy tale fantasy world. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I would imagine to most human beings, uh, the distinction between fairy tales and high fantasy <laughs> is, is not <laughs> a huge one. Right.
0: Yeah. Subtle difference, I guess. Um, yeah, but I think, I mean,. I was reading. Uh, I was reading. The business B- insider has like a wrap of all the reviews. We didn't get access to this early, by the way, so we don't know. We're gonna we're gonna ha- we're gonna watch it now, obviously, right. and tell you what we think next week, probably. But some of this stuff just like, I mean, apparently, very early on, Will Smith's character kills a fairy flying around and says, "Fairy lives don't matter." As a joke. Oh, I heard. Yeah,
1: there's like a a Black Lives Matter reference. That's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Right away, like early, and because, and the, I guess with the production company literally, like the Netflix logo comes up, and then it like goes away, and then the production company logo comes up, and it's called Trigger Warning Entertainment. I don't think that's a joke either.
1: <laughs> I Just. Sort of like puzzled silence on my end. I'm
0: like, why yeah. why would you what? I uh. So, I mean, yeah, it's it sounds like garbage. And it's like it sounds like one of the things they were trying to do with this high concept was like, Oh, the fairy tale creatures and the orcs specifically are like uh discriminated against in this world, right? Like I guess the orcs play in the NFL, but they're also like looked down upon, which is pretty on the nose. But then <laughs> It like takes that whole thing and just, and just like treats it really roughshod, like doesn't, no kind of subtlety or like care goes into it. It's just like makes a joke out of it throughout and yeah, essentially, I mean, leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth basically, (laughs) but judging by reading these, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, and, and who knows, maybe we'll watch it and we'll love it. That seems unlikely. Um, but like I'm looking at the Metacritic page right now, so so it's not fair to say that there have been no positive reviews. Oh, are there from, some? from from Variety, really liked it. What? Um, <clears throat> yeah, he sa- he says it's am- ambitious and astonishingly well executed. Uh, That's very everything unusual. else though is either mixed or negative. Yeah, it's it's a, it's 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 a lot of bad reviews.
0: Huh. Yeah, it's weird for Variety to be the lone sort of voice out, but uh, yeah, he says like. Oh my goodness. I'm just looking at it because Variety has a roundup in which they've laid out every single other person's review saying this is garbage and then at the top they have (laughs) theirs, which is like they did it. (laughs) Like tour de force. Like what? (laughs) Uh, Oh man. Okay, well. I mean, I think that's, like at some point there's there's like contrarian, right? There's like, oh, we have different opinions. And then there's like is this the thing where your entire credibility is taken into question? Because it seems so obvious to everyone else? I don't know.
1: Right. If you said, well, it's not for everyone, but I liked it for these reasons, that'd be one thing. But if you're like, this is just great. That's uh that's a kind of an outlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <coughs> uh anyways, so and ninety million dollars is enough to spend on this thing too, right? Um I mean they don't necessarily care about their reviewers, right? Like I think there there has been there's I mean there's always been kind of this thing where like what the audiences want and like popular audiences want does not line up with what critics think in terms of like high minded <coughs> uh, artful opinions or whatever right but right I, and that the the way that's been expressed I think recently is like oh look at the, these movies like Warcraft or whatever do terrible um or terrible critics like huge huge box office and especially huge box office overseas right right so i mean it could still go very well for netflix i don't know it's just yeah an, although
1: i should put i mean so you know an obvious point of comparison is is like the dc universe where um they made uh, movie after movie um that was like not uh you know that they got terrible reviews And that, like, I think a lot of, like, the core kind of fans were not crazy about either. Although I think there's a contingent, like, like of crazy, like, internet... There's Because, you know, you can find any opinion on the internet who get really angry at anyone who writes a negative review of a DC movie. But I think, on the whole, these are not well-loved movies by either um, critics or fans. Right. And, like, yet they still made a ton of money. Yeah. Until Justice League. And suddenly, um, you know, who knows exactly why, but, like, it just really underperformed at the box office. And so, you know, you don't I think sometimes it's 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 a thing where it's true that a movie can get bad reviews and still do really well, but if people really don't like something, um even if they're checking out the first one, I think then it, it's really hard to convince them to come back for number 2 or number 3. Yeah. Um so
0: although yeah, the barrier to- is lower here versus right. a movie. Like you don't right. have to convince somebody to spend 20 bucks and Drive out to the theater and everything, right? Right. Uh, also, that I, I was just looking at the budget because you brought up that like Justice League's budget was three hundred million. It, also, right. it made double that. It, it made over six hundred million. So, I don't know. I don't know what that means in terms of relative.
1: Right, but it's the lowest grossing of yeah. all the DC movies. Um, one of the people who it was was in charge of DC movies at Warner Brothers has already been sort of shuffled off as like an, to become like an independent producer. Um so they clearly were not happy with how what what happened there. Um probably just because I think you know they just ended up spending so much money on it like 300 like that's like more that's like got to be one of the most expensive movies of all time.
0: Yeah yeah and the ratio doesn't seem great cuz I'm looking at Wonder Woman and that they uh, spent 150 million on that and it grossed like 821 million so far. So I think that's a right. good comparable right. Right. Um, but yeah, but with Netflix, like they don't have to worry about that. All they have to worry about is making their money back. In terms of, I mean, the math must be fuzzy, but they're like, like retained subscriptions or like new subscriptions, uh, growth. I, I I don't honestly know what they would. They were probably looking at raw numbers on the back end of like right viewership, right? Um, so we'll see. But it's it seems like they're going to go forward with the second one. Like that's it, it. Didn't really seem like there was any ambiguity about whether the second one would happen or not.
1: Yeah, although, I mean, you know, especially for a big budget thing, I think, like, there's, like, multiple milestones along the way. So they may have greenlit it in the sense that they're working on a script and they're, like, you know, moving forward. But that doesn't mean three months from now, the whole thing, you know, there could be a script and then, like, suddenly once they get to, like, budget negotiations and things like that, the whole thing kind of stalls. Or, or I mean, maybe it'll turn out to be one of those movies that, you know, critics hated but audience members uh, liked and, 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 they'll, and they'll make a second one.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And well, maybe I'm (laughs) I'm wondering if they made that decision. Like, maybe they got an early look at Variety's review or something, and they were like, oh, people are going to love this. (laughs) Let's make a sequel. Uh, What did he say in in this review? uh, It's a Will Smith starring vehicle, the most satisfying of its kind since his bad boy days, bad boy's days. That seems very hard to believe. Well, although,
1: like, I don't think it's been a great. Decade for Will Smith, at least, especially <laughs> okay. on the sort of blockbuster side,
0: right? I guess that's fair. I don't think that's the spirit he intended in it, as, <laughs> but like, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, anyways, I am still very much. I mean, it, the reviews are so bad that I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, yeah, if they were just middling, I think I would be less interested in watching, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, that like, I feel like either we're gonna like defend it and be like the lone people being like no this is actually not so bad or it's going to be terrible and we'll have a good time talking about how terrible it is
0: yeah he compares it to district nine that seems a very favorable comparison too huh. it's kind do, of you, interesting. do you want to just
1: read this entire review out loud yeah that's kind of what <laughs> I want to <laughs> do I mean I, I'm into
0: it now I didn't, I didn't read any of the individual ones I just read the little like wraps. so uh, oh, I read
1: like the, the AV club review which was very negative. Like, super negative. And the Hollywood Reporter Review, which was also super
0: negative. Oh, I gotta read some of the full negative ones, too, instead of just the pull-outs, because right. the pull were gold on their own. But. Um. Anyway, I I want Microsoft, or not Microsoft, I want Netflix Microsoft, what? I want Netflix to, uh, to kind of find one of these that they can sink their teeth into. I think it'd be, I think that's like the perfect venue, maybe, for a kind of cinematic universe, because you could if you have a Sunday to kill or something like you can right easily binge the whole thing or whatever right but and it's a good it's a good vehicle for well here we have um some of the star wars movies right like in canada they're on netflix so you can just dive in and enjoy all that and get caught up basically before you go see the new movie so it's perfect for that kind of stuff And I think it's a it's a good fit for them if they can find the right thing to make it work with. But this doesn't sound like it is the right thing.
1: Yeah, Um, and I mean it. it, You know, I think Netflix has like some very like prominent franchises in the sense that, or you know, in the sense that it has Stranger Things. It has other shows that I think are a big part of the cultural conversation in the way that like a a big movie franchise is. But it doesn't on the movie side. It has been sort of more doing kind of more indie stuff. Or they've got like the Adam Sandler movies, which I guess do all right for them, but you know, (laughs) um, aren't aren't exactly like. uh,
0: There's no again. People don't uh, dress up like the Adam Sandler and go to Comic Con or whatever from those movies. Like, there's not that 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 level of fandom. Yeah. Although you know, it's funny you bring that up because it's like, yeah, what do they want out of it? Because you're right, Stranger Things and like you know other franchise shows like that generate tremendous fan response. So what is the benefit for them of doing something like this and building like a film franchise versus like a show franchise, which seems more manageable, more in their wheelhouse, and more affordable? Any ideas?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just like, they want, I I guess like the itch that's scratched by like, A Stranger Things, I mean, as much as it is like, um, a big pop culture phenomenon, maybe it, it still is a slightly different, at least in their head that like it it's not like eye candy in the way that I think that it sounds like they wanted bright to be. Mm-hmm. Um, even if um <laughs> I don't know if it worked out that well that way.
0: Yeah, I didn't well, I haven't seen anything about the effects yet. Did anything in any of those reviews you read say anything about the effects, the special the visual effects?
1: Not really. they, they mostly focus on the story, which apparently is bad.
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, Cause it is 4k and HDR. Like hopefully at least right. it's pretty, I don't know. Everything I've yeah, seen, was, it looks dark right. and like sort of muddy, but
1: yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things, you know, that, that um, I think you, you were talking about in, in, in the article about the, um, you know, turning it into a franchise is just this idea that you can sort of have, um, uh, you know, this, this sort of, big budget experience in your home or like this sort of, you know, high, high quality experience in your home, which I think you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can see that that's part of what they would want um, or like, you know, the, 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 I think they, they just want something for everybody. Right. And so like um, I guess also like if they're going to be in the film, you know, if they're thinking about it in terms of like films and they're doing, you know, films like, well, why don't we have like a big, you know, Marvel or, you know, Lucasfilm style, like hit franchise, like let's go for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I you yeah, unlike the show, the shows are a bit more ephemeral I guess in terms of like fan base. Like if you get one of those uh if you get like a Harry Potter universe or something or Star Wars, like you said, like you build people who are fans for life and they're going to they're right. going to be subscribers for life, right? So I guess that's what it is maybe, the longevity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess also the other thing is is because we're talking about um you know, like Disney is pulling their movies, right? Um, yeah. At, uh, so if you're just like a movie person, and, and again, you don't necessarily want to binge, you just want to watch something big and fun with explosions. And not to say that's all that Bright is trying to do. Um, again, it sounds um, about like, but uh, like, you know, I think that's kind of what they may be thinking about too, is like as the negotiation, you know, like if negotiations get tougher kind of across the board, including on kind of the, the big movie side, um that's never really been i think netflix's strong point as far as streaming goes but like i think the disney deal for the last couple of years has has made netflix actually a pretty good place to watch you know blockbuster movies when that goes away i think they want something else in place to 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 kind of um serve that need
0: yep yeah that's that's definitely got to be a motivator and i i bet they feel like i mean they must have more projects like this in the works that they hope will be similar to that and with each one that fails i wonder <laughs> if they're gonna be like just you know we're running out of room we're running out of air here but right. I they'll get it and, they'll I mean, get and,
1: and you know it's it's you know it's not something that's unique to netflix i mean a lot of the hollywood studios have been like trying to launch new franchises and they kind of you know just land with a fud like there's yeah. that um what, well, what was there this year there's king arthur
0: there's the dc uh, cinematic universe too really <laughs>
1: Yeah, although they've got they've gotten, you know, five movies into it and, and I don't think they're gonna stop. They're no, gonna yeah. try to King direction. Arthur
0: was I watched that on the plane just recently. It was uh, you know, whatever. It was fine.
1: There were like ten or fifteen minutes in it that I thought were really enjoyable and the rest <laughs> of it was really dumb.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it felt like a guy Ritchie movie in in Arthurian times or whatever, which it yeah. was.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: uh anyways best of luck to them I hope they build a franchise that is worthwhile i I'm sad about this one I thought it sounded like it had potential um we'll see it's it's got good people in it too like Numi fast is in it and she has been right. been a bunch of the Netflix stuff lately right she was in right. like her own oh. movie I figure what it was oh cool.
1: really what was um was that like uh what was it like is it was she in the clone one
0: yeah yeah she was the clone Right. Yeah, I forget what it's I'm called. What, Sunday something. Sunday. What happened
1: to What happened to Monday? Sunday. What happened to Sunday? Monday? Sunday?
0: What happened to Sunday? What happened to one of the days for sure? <laughs> oh, I'm looking. At it up right now. I, I wrote. Yeah, about it. it's
1: what happened to to Monday. I was correct.
0: There you go. There you go. Good job.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that though since it came out. It just came up in my feed. It's weird too. Like these things, I'll hear about them and I'll even write about them for the website or whatever. And then I won't see them on Netflix? Like when I'm browsing through Netflix? Uh, right. I mean, I guess it's just what their algorithm thinks I'll watch. But that seems like a pretty good fit for me. Like sci-fi action movie thing. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, should we put that behind us until we actually watch it and talk right. about it? Right. So, and
1: we, we will review it and we will... Obviously... <laughs> We're, co- we're going to go in with, with some preconceptions. But we're going <laughs> to do our best to keep an open mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'd love to side with Peter De Bruges uh, a variety. You know, it'd be great. Us against right. the world. So he's
1: not alone. I don't want him to be alone. <laughs>
0: no, exactly. Uh, if, I, you know, we'll see. So, but I, more promising news, I guess, is the um, news about Apple working with. Uh, Battlestar Galactica creator Ronald D. Moore on a new yep. show, which I'm my voice is getting louder because I'm excited about it a lot. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also being created along with the co-creators or the executive producers, at least of uh, Fargo. So, and then all three are going to be executive producers on this uh, on this program. Straight to series, so there'll be a full series right away. Um, it's a space drama, which is great, uh considering the source. And the premise is described reading here from this article on TechCrunch by Sarah Perez as uh what would have happened if the global space race had never ended? So you know, if if we hadn't just said, all right, we got it to the moon or whatever, that was the end of it, basically, right? The moon? Yeah. Uh yeah. we did it.
1: What? Unless there
0: was a, a Mars colony that I, I forgot about, you <laughs> missed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that was so. Yeah, America won, they, and then they stopped. Basically, there well, it just the pace stopped. The pace of investment in in space and stuff. So this is imagining that didn't happen, and uh, it continued, and uh, we became, I guess, a spacefaring nation uh, or, or spacefaring planet. Um, and who knows? Whatever stuff like stuff happened after that. Sounds kind right. of like it could become very easily The Expanse, but I mean, it's obviously not going to be The Expanse. That's already a show and a book different. Uh, did yeah, you read that? I mean, I guess The, the Expanse. Yeah. Uh,
1: I've seen uh, a few episodes of it.
0: Oh, you haven't read the books, though? Right?
1: I haven't read the books, no. Uh, I went had, to a screening where they gave us all free copies of the first book, but I still haven't read
0: it. Oh, you're bad. Me and Matt Burns are person. three books in. It's terrific. Just coincidentally, we started reading it at the same time and have continued apace. So.
1: Right. You're just identical readers.
0: It's very weird, actually. Um, I will say he took like three weeks off and I didn't. So I'm a faster reader.
1: Right. <laughs> or you're just working less while you're technically on the job.
0: Uh, yeah. Right. Or that. Whatever. Don't... <laughs> Not on this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I I'm pumped about this. I mean, it it again. It sounds like on paper something I will really love. I I loved Battlestar Galactica. I think I watched it through three or four times. Um, and you, I, so
1: you so you like the ending of Battlestar? Galactica.
0: I didn't mind the ending. I wasn't. It didn't make me so upset like it made everybody else so upset for so right. long. I, why? What did you? How did you feel about it?
1: Um, I didn't have, like, super strong feelings about it, partly because Battlestar Galactica is one of those shows where I've only seen the first and last episodes.
0: Oh, Uh, boy. (laughs) Did you, did did you seem like, did you feel like you missed anything by not having seen the intervening? No, no,
1: I feel good. I feel good about it. Uh, Look, if they put Battlestar Galactica on Netflix, I would watch it now, but it's not. For a while, Caprica was on Netflix.
0: Yeah, Caprica is a very interesting show. I, I actually, in some ways, I liked it more than I liked Battlestar Galactica, but... It's totally different, totally different in terms of pacing, and I think that's why, partly why I didn't do so well. It was like not made for the Battlestar Galactica audience, or didn't seem like it was to me, anyway.
1: Right. Well, and my sense was that even Battlestar Galactica, I mean, it was this very well reviewed, you know, very zeitgeisty show. But um, ratings wise, I think it did okay. But like relative to the, you know, it was a fairly expensive show. It wasn't like a crazy huge hit. It was more that it just sort of got good reviews and, and got a lot of, like, headlines and think pieces and things like that.
0: Yeah, and the people who did watch it, watched it pretty uh, religiously, except for you.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right.
0: Um, um, like Sarah liked yeah, it a lot. I no, think. no
1: one should make shows for me, because who, who knows? Who knows what I want? <laughs> no one
0: knows. Not you can't me. do it. You can't crack it. You can't, yeah, cr- can't crack the code. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I guess I was curious, because I think there was this sense that, like, that that you know ron moore's reputation really you know went up with battlestar galactica but then with the finale i think a lot of like people sort of really soured on him and they were kind of like specifically like screw that guy in the same way that people you know are really mad at still some people are still really mad at damon lindelof for the um for for the end of loss yeah yeah i think so yeah and he's and he's continued to work and so he has this show outlander um which I heard is like you know really fun. Moore, um, not
0: Le- Lindelof.
1: Yeah, not Lindelof. Um, Lindelof obviously has a show called The Leftovers, which is apparently one of the greatest shows of all time. It is but, one of the
0: greatest shows of all time. Um, and we can yeah. talk more about that when we talk about Star Wars because of Justin Theroux.
1: Oh yeah, I well yeah we can get into that.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't seen Outlander. I don't know anything about it. I I have heard it is popular. I think it's probably it might be more popular than Battlestar Galactica in terms of like general audience. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know what the actual ratings numbers are.
0: Well, me neither. But it's
1: yeah. always tough to compare because I mean I think when you're on different kinds of um, cable networks, I mean what counts as a success also changes.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the, the sci-fi show. I don't think that the the gauge is that high, but it's it's a lot harder to reach it. Maybe I don't know. Like they seem to. Spin-up shows, maybe they run for three, two or three seasons and then they get canceled. And BSG sort of outpaced that. So it's a success by that measure.
1: Yeah. But one of the other things that's interesting about this um, announcement is that now, you know, the three confirmed things for Apple are this um, drama series about like a morning show mm-hmm. starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Um and that's sort of like the outlier, because then you have this space show from Ron Moore and um, amazing stories from Steven Spielberg and Brian Fuller. So it seems like they're going for more of this kind of like, you know, um, big budget kind of like science fiction audience, at least to an extent. I mean, you know, who knows what the I, I'm sure that like the, the final, you know, the mix that rolls out next year will be will, will not just be those three shows. But uh, it's just interesting that those are the, those are the three that have been announced so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, it's not uh, like it's not really. You're right. It it's sort of leans heavily into the sci-fi area, and even uh, so, Moore has like a Star Trek connection because he used to be a writer for uh, the Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, and right. then Amazing Stories has Brian Fuller, who also from Star Trek. So
1: right, and was the creator it was the creator, although has since left of Star Trek Discovery.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. so yeah they do seem to be stacking the deck that way but again who knows and then yeah and then the Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon project it's totally unrelated not not even in the same ballpark
1: right I mean it's related in the sense that I think all of these seem like they're you know whereas like Netflix has a lot of shows that like that kind of you're like oh that's on that right. came out like and like presumably they didn't spend a lot of money on it and like it comes out and it does well for whatever it's trying you know for whatever audience Netflix is trying to reach with it um these all seem like shows where they're really trying to like that they want them to be sort of i mean this is such a cliche at this point but like really like game of thrones scale hits like potentially that this could be you know um a show that's watched by tens of millions of people
0: yeah they're definitely like swinging for the fences uh, every single time right uh yeah although
1: uh, presumably those bigger and more ambitious projects are what um you hear about first, and then you know there may be other smaller things that kind of you, we, we don't hear about quite yeah. as far out in advance.
0: Yeah, it's possible we're just not hearing about that stuff because it's not as exciting. But on the other hand, I feel like there's enough attention put, put on Apple that almost anything they would do would would get some kind of pickup. Uh, especially because we, I mean, I feel like this is more this is less that, and this is more like Apple doing a complete 180 on its approach after whatever, Planet of the Apps and Carpool Karaoke and whatever, because those were so poorly received. Right. So I think it's just yeah, saying, and those right, were, we, I mean, we tried it, that. It just That's seemed stupid. like whatever
1: the, yeah, there just didn't seem to be a strategy there, even. They were just kind of like, hey, these will be fun things to sort of dip our toe into the water of original content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll be very curious to see if they do do it, like, throwaway content or whatever. I mean, Definitely, they would have to if they want to flush it out enough that it becomes a standalone service separate from music. But if it continues to be a sort of bundled thing, then they don't really need to worry about that, right? But
1: right. But also, you have a big marquee show like Amazing Stories, I mean, it would be weird to launch that in the context of Apple Music.
0: That would be weird. But it, uh, the other seems weird too. Like even CBS All Access has, I don't know, a fair number of shows on it, right? I'm not actually Young sure. Sheldon. Young, young Sheldon's right in there and the the good fight and other programming but like there's stuff that's not even just made for it it's right. not like it's like a thing that exists for Star Trek Discovery basically
1: right right
0: and I feel like Apple couldn't launch a thing that was like please go sign up for this thing and pay money for these three shows
1: right they would have to actually go out basically and do what everyone else has done and, and just pay you know one of some of the Hollywood studios or rights to their library or parts of their library so there's You know, just a back catalog of other stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what they could do in terms of getting good content for that. Because I feel like others, like the the potential partners, would be highly skeptical of something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, but I think a lot of these guys, at the end of the day, they're just like, whoever's going to pay me the most, you know, to stream this set of movies for like a year or two years, like, that's who they're going to sell it to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even if eventually they, they're thinking, like, oh, well, we're going to have to round the wagons and go it alone. Like, for now, that's not yeah. the case. <clears throat> well, yeah.
1: not, yeah, not every movie studio and TV network can, you know, succeed with just their own app. I don't, yeah, that, that seems really unsustainable. Like, if, if it just sort of recreates this really fragmented ecosystem.
0: Yeah. But we're going to get there. It's going to be a horrible future. We'll all be watching YouTube anyway, so it's fine. That's true.
1: And yeah. we won't have to pay for anything.
0: No, it'll just be like watch me touch these bugs all the time. <laughs> I only say that cuz that's like those are the suggestions I get on my Android TV like whenever I boot it up. It has like watch. Yeah, that's
1: probably cuz you watch a lot of really weird
0: stuff. I mean, but it keeps suggesting I think I don't know, it's a chicken and egg problem.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, this is the problem with all sort all of these like algorithmic recommendations is that sort of like once you get sort of trapped in this loop. Um, it's hard to get, I mean, in this like area where it's like, oh, we only, we think you're only interested in this. And then you only, then of course you're only presented with those recommendations and then you watch more of it and then it just reinforces this per- perception of you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's YouTube's fault is what you're saying.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> or or it was your fault initially, but then, um, once you sort of, you know, fell off that cliff, uh, YouTube just let you fall.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It speeded, it speeded my descent. Yeah. If it's possible. Uh yeah, okay. Also, a closing note on this, or last thing I noticed from the article that Sarah wrote, that uh Moore also worked on the Amazon series, the Philip K. Dick
1: yeah.
0: mini series or I guess anthology series is it, yeah, that's <coughs> the correct term. So Yeah,
1: it's an anthology series where they're basically adapting um Philip K Dick short stories.
0: Yeah. So that'll be neat. We'll get a we'll get a little sneak preview there. Although it yeah. won't be I mean, it probably won't be anything like, you know, what what a coherent, ongoing space drama would be like. So, I don't know how useful it would be. Did did Moore do Caprica? Do you know? I'm looking. It uh, right
1: he was an executive producer, but he wasn't really the showrunner. So I don't. I mean, he he may have been involved. I, mean, I get the sense that it was one of, the, yeah, what he was involved, you know, putting the the concept and the pilot together. But after that, you know, probably wasn't involved on a day to day level.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. It, and I think they would like they. That's not what Apple would want anyway. Apple would want something that felt like an epic. Yeah, that's what the stakes were higher. I, I would say in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Although it was based on original IP, I don't even know how how closely it stuck to the to the original. Do you know?
1: Uh, I think it was pretty different. Hmm. Um, okay. It had it basically, um, you know, took the concept and said, "Well, what if we did this?" in a much more serious way.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, and, and
1: I think fairly so, quickly, like there were, you know, the character names were the same. The basic setup was the same. And then I, I would be really astonished. I mean, again, I'm not an expert on the <coughs> 70s show, but like nothing I've heard indicates that, um, by like the second or third season, they were drawing from it, um, in any way.
0: So then, uh, fair to say, you know, most of that came from all bl- blame and praise, both owing to, or both deserved by, uh, Ron Moore, there, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, in as much, I mean, any TV show, right,
0: has um, other people involved.
1: Yeah, but uh, but it was it was you know, fundamentally, it was his vision.
0: Yeah. Um, Cool. So, I I will watch that. It doesn't matter what reviewers think of it. I'm going to watch it, and uh, I think it's exciting. I think the more I hear about Apple's media plans, the more excited I am. Right. about the potential. I mean, the one thing. other
1: thing, though, that, that I wonder about, I mean, that, that they've also talked about is the idea that they really want these to be sort of all-ages shows.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think we talked about this in a oh, past yeah. episode. So that's, that's the right. one thing that makes me a little nervous is, like, these are meant to be, you know, like, these are meant to be, like, like like the kind of shows that you would see on a big network. It's not the kind of show that you would see on, like, an HBO. Yeah. You can,
0: and that's really you know, worrying, actually. Now that you remind me that, because there's not... It's very, very rare for a Netflix, or for a network show to... Sort of get into that ether of like this is a really good quality show that like reviewers love and stuff. Uh, so yeah, because they ju- they usually just have to water stuff down so much that it's like, all right, fine. This is I guess palatable, but that's probably the best thing I can say about it. So that's a, that's a little worrying, Actually right. Quite. quite worrying. Although
1: I mean, it's one of those things where in theory there's no reason why you could. I mean, in the same way that like a PG-13 movie. Or a PG movie can't be like still really good and interesting. No, it Um, could be.
0: They don't have the worry. They're like, they're not, I guess they don't have the worry of like pleasing advertisers too. like they, right. Yeah. So they don't have to make it like just pablum that people can consume mindlessly. Uh, That, that's a different thing. I mean, it could be, they just don't have to. Yeah. But that's a different problem from making it like family friendly. Right. Yeah. Um, Cool. Anyways. Yeah, we'll see. And all I really want is for it to be included in my Apple Music subscription and then I'll definitely watch it because it'll be free. And I'll keep my Apple Music subscription because right now I don't need it. I have a Spotify subscription and I oh, prefer that. Yeah,
1: I have Spotify. I don't have an Apple Music subscription. so
0: I have both, but there's not really any good reason why I keep the Apple Music one and I should get rid of it. I just got rid of my Amazon Kindle Unlimited subscription because I never use that. So... It's a culling. It's happening. Wow. Yeah. So in, in
1: a year all you'll have is Spotify. Nothing Com- but Spotify.
0: Comixology, you're next. <laughs>
1: oh no. <laughs> Although we we keep threatening to review some of these like original comixology series and we still haven't done that yet.
0: Yeah, I just I just told you I really like that one. Uh what is it? High school? High? Something high? You know.
1: Wow. Yeah. No, love it. <laughs>
0: This is great. This is a good <laughs> valiant high. Uh, valiant oh, this high. this is
1: the valiant high. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it, so. even though I don't know anything about the valiant line, which like all the characters are drawn from that. Um, but it's good. And that is all <laughs> I have to that, say about that. <laughs> um, all
1: right, should we talk about the Star Wars?
0: Yeah, let's talk about it.
1: Uh, so we'll do a quick, I think our assumption is basically that most of you who are interested in Star Wars have seen The Last Jedi at this point, possibly more than once.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so we're going to do like a quick maybe overview, spoiler free, but we'll get into spoilers fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, uh, we we might as well because I, like people who are worried about spoilers of this consider like any talk about it and, and value judgments one way or another spoilery, I think, well, right. most of the time. so. Yeah, we'll keep it very light, very high level, and then we'll get into spoilers. Um, so, what did you think of it? Did you see it? You saw it early, right?
1: I did. I went to a press reading, um, and yeah, I thought it was great. Um, you wrote an article was, about it. I wrote an article about it, and I said it was the best Star Wars movie since The Empire Strikes Back, which I think people say that um, about like every new Star Wars movie that they like, but I think it is genuinely true in this case.
0: And that is... Uh Spoiler free article, we recommend people that.
1: Yeah, um, it's you know, uh, it's essentially spoiler free. I mean, if if you don't want any of the concept or my you know opinions about it, uh, then it has spoilers for whether or not I think The Last Jedi is good, but um, no, no big spoilers.
0: Okay, cool. So we'll link that up, uh, and feel free to go check it out. But yeah, did you see it again after that, or was that the only video you saw?
1: yeah I've only seen it once so far. I'm you know for Christmas I sort of assume that there's a really good chance that I'll see it with my family
0: right okay. so huh? I saw it I saw it twice so far. yeah, I saw it once the first I saw the first night and then I had bought tickets the second night as well. so uh, like the Thursday and the Friday.
1: Did you feel like that was a good decision?
0: I did feel like that I did. I did and I'll tell you why It's because why? As I told my UPS driver yesterday, I did not like it on first viewing, but on second viewing I did like it.
1: Wow, what what do you think changed there?
0: I am not sure. I'm not sure. But it was and it wasn't like a it wasn't like a slight swing, like a slight change in opinion. It was like a very direct like oh, I didn't like that at all. And here are all the reasons why. And then the second one was like no, I like that a lot, and I don't care about those reasons that I provided the first time around. Um, so it was weird. It was a weird experience for me. It's, I've never really had that experience watching a movie, but it was it was a good it was good. I mean, I think a lot of it was that uh, the I'm a very big fan of the series, and it was it does not treat the a lot of the sacred cows preciously, I'll say, without saying anything else about it. But like and that was a bit shocking at least. Like going into it, I had a one type of mindset, uh, or was expecting a certain type of thing the first time around. And then like once that had been sort of dealt with and those expectations have been dealt with, I could just enjoy it for what it was, which was that second BA.
1: I guess maybe I'm just a more advanced person than you. I think that's I, I what it is. You're more sophisticated. the first time, and that's how I felt, <laughs> I was like, I don't want or expect this to be, you know, the same as The Force Awakens.
2: Which, yeah.
1: Either in the sense of just being, you know, a continuation in tone and, and theme from The Force Awakens, but also in the sense that The Force Awakens, I think, was so beholden to the past movies in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, in ways that I think hampered it a little bit. And, and I liked that this one, I mean, it's still... Very much a Star Wars movie, and and I think people sometimes, both people who like it and don't like it, exaggerate the extent to which it's different or radical or risky. Yeah. But it with within the range of what you can get in a Star Wars movie, I think it, it, it certainly is. And and not not to keep harping on the comparison to The Empire Strikes Back, where I don't think like either this or The Empire Strikes Back is like a super dark or depressing movie. They feel that way in comparison to the other films.
0: Yeah, I also think uh you got it something where like what, the expectations I think there is a there's like a sense or just so the way that the previous ones were consumed, like the way that I grew up with them, they were like a unit, like even if they are very different movies individually from one another. Yeah. There, there's like they come as it's like one thing and there's consistency, it feels like there's consistency. And you don't really have this impression of how you would have. I don't have an impression of how I would have, like, felt about them had I seen them in sequence with like a period of time in between. Because I think you would have noticed a lot more, like, what all the drastic changes that happen movie to movie. Um, right. You know. Yeah, like, that's
1: interesting because, like, I think um, even in my memory, right. So I've, I've, I like saw you know two of the three prequels, um, and I saw them six years apart. Uh, because that's when they came out. Um, but like in my head, like it's just all one reaction to the prequels, being like, "Oh, no, thanks."
0: Yeah, yeah, and I but have the fact, same thing that with prequels. Like, a very
1: spread out period of time when they were coming out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, and I, I, again, I also feel like the prequels are a little bit more. There is a there's more of a through line because it was so so controlled by uh, what's his name, you know, George Lucas. George Lucas. <laughs>
1: Right the saying. original trilogy I mean he was the creative force behind all three of those films, but they actually have three different directors, yeah, whereas the prequel trilogy it's all Lucas,
0: yeah, yeah yeah, uh yeah, there was that I think i mean i part of it might have just been uh, even like i i I feel like I don't want to get too into it with without getting into the spoilers though, but like I just had yeah, I was like paying attention to the wrong things in my first viewing. And then I sort of like let it go a bit in my second viewing and enjoyed it more as a movie and less as a sacred object.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's. I mean, it seems like the people that there's been this really intense response from what I, I think is a very small group of fans, um, like this very intensely negative response, um, which we can talk about more in spoilers. But I do think, you know, on a high level, a lot of that um Seems like it comes from just being like having very very fixed ideas about what Star Wars is and should do, and who Luke Skywalker in particular is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that seems to have led to a fairly negative experience. I mean, that's not to say I think there's a lot of flaws with the Last Jedi, and I mean, and 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 um, you know, for one thing, it's, it's it's you know I think the longest Star Wars movie, and I think mean, you could easily cut ten or fifteen minutes from this movie, and it would be significantly better.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think also though, like I was at least the way that I, the things that I was latching on to were less about like the characters and the development and like, so I I agree with you on that. I agree with you like in in that interpretation of like the response of this small vocal group. But like my problems with it, at least as articulated by me, like immediately after when talking to friends about it, weren't about those characters or things. They were about like, why does this happen this way? Like they were about like cinematic choices right. rather than they were, and like plot pacing and things like that. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that stuff is really, I mean, I think that the, the movie is sort of some of the, 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 plot logic is a little dodgy. Um, and it's just, I think like needlessly complicated and needlessly long. Um, but I still really liked it. I, mean, mm-hmm. I still think that the things that work really well about it, um, are, like really, uh, overwhelm any of the negative things um, and it seems like again in a lot of the discussion about the movie has been dominated that it was like in the initial response from people was like fr- like just focusing on this as certainly as a star wars movie but still as a movie that you talk about the way you talk about any other movie what was good what worked what didn't um what moved you why were you not moved Uh, and parenthetically, uh, you know, one of the lines that is true in my review is this is the first Star Wars movie that's made me cry. Um, and, but like that it very quickly became this much bigger discussion and much more angry discussion about, uh, you know, more like what, what is like the right thing for a Star Wars movie to do? What is the right way for the Star Wars to treat these characters?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also uh I, I do put part, part of the blame of my like initial reaction on to the like the the critical praise ahead of time was like universally very, very high. It was like extremely, extremely positive. And I feel like that I my expectations were set very, very, very high as a result. So when there was like just fundamental what I felt like were storytelling flaws that like i was like i don't understand it was like if you i don't know it was like if you played a video game where like they were like oh it's a perfect 10 you're like well come on come on no it's not a perfect 10 obviously like let's just calm down but
1: right and i do think like people sort of overrated it because it was it really was trying to do something new with star wars yeah and um and and because the things that worked really well did work so well Um, that they sort of didn't necessarily pay as much attention to some of those storytelling flaws. Um, So that I agree that that the initial response, I mean, maybe even, you know, I mean, I I stand behind what I wrote for TechCrunch, but if, you know, that was the day after I saw it. And again, in this critic screening where everyone just went crazy for it, I mean, people were cheering the whole way through. I mean, it was, it was so clear that everyone was just like incredibly into it. And so that's really an ideal circumstance to see it in Mm -hmm. versus like a normal screening. And so you know i think that that probably a lot of that stuff in, in, including maybe a little the extent to which i was enthusiastic about the movie were maybe slightly overstated
0: yeah although in my screening there was a lot of cheering too throughout like, that's true i mean
1: it's not like normal star wars fans especially i imagine that that first screening there, there was a lot of like real anticipation
0: oh yeah 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 and the second one didn't have that actually like as much uh, audience participation and maybe that was part of it too but I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, as a, like, I mean, one of my favorite, like, the times where I've ended up going to see a movie, like, especially, like a, like, a fairly, like, sort of geeky movie, like, right when it comes out, and then a few weeks later, like, it's always, like, such a different experience, because you're, you're, like, going for the people who already know what it is, and then you go for, like, the people who are sort of, like, casual fans who've been hearing that they need to see it. Like, I still remember seeing, like, uh, like, a, a screening of, like, The Fellowship of the Ring, like, two or three weeks in, um, and... The, like, the people around me did not realize it was the first film in a in a trilogy. So when it, like, cuts to credits, they're just like, what? What happened? What? Yeah. That's the ending? <laughs> um, and I think there's something cool about, like, seeing, I, mean, I think, both sides of that. Like, seeing it with, like, people who are so into it and so excited and know all the backstage stuff and know exactly, you know, watch all the trailers multiple times. But there's also something about, exciting about, like, where, like, half the people probably have no idea what is about to happen. And that's cool, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was still not quite that because it was still the second day, right? But right, I it, mean, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> two days, two days in a row is is, <clears throat> is pretty pretty intense.
0: It was it was like the right way to do it though, because and honestly, the second day, so I bought tickets uh, like when they first came out, and I bought two, even though I didn't like my girlfriend went with me the, with me the first day, but I didn't have anybody to go with the second day, but I was like, oh, I'll find somebody to go with, and I did find someone to go with. Uh, Fairly last minute, but up until that point, I was like, "Do I even want to use these tickets? Like, I don't really want to see that movie again right away." And then, I'd, yeah, and I just went because this guy was like, "Oh, I'll go, I'll go. I want to go." Um, and then I was glad I did because I was like, "Why did I don't dislike this movie so much? Like, it's great. It's a great movie." So I honestly have no idea what what what's going on with the switch.
1: But. So, so basically, I think our message to, to anyone listening to this is: they've seen The Last Jedi and they didn't like it they should just see it again
0: yeah yeah exactly because this was before <clears throat> like i this was like i didn't really have enough time to go out and take the pulse of like general opinion toward it either like it was basically just like i didn't like this movie huh well uh, that's weird all right i'll go work for a little while all right i'll go watch the movie again oh i like this movie like that was the sequence <laughs> of it so very unusual um, maybe on a third viewing I'll not like it again I don't, I don't
1: know right Just and it'll will, it will never like settle in the middle it'll just go back and forth
0: yeah yeah exactly Uh. yeah but I think I mean one big thing too about the, the second viewing was that the highlights the parts that you referenced like the, when you were saying like the parts that were really good like those parts stood out to me way more the second viewing through and then the right the problem parts kind of faded away so that I think was what really drove it home like Maybe I just, I I had already identified all the sort of warts and I, so I didn't really need to watch for them again. Uh, And then I was free to just enjoy it as it was. Anyways, do you want to get into spoilers?
1: Yeah, let's, let's do it.
0: All right. Let's get into spoilers.
1: Yeah. If you don't want to be spoiled for The Last Jedi, you probably stopped listening already, but you should definitely stop now.
0: Yes. Yeah. There you go. Fair warning. Uh, all right. So I'll just say right like the the big reason that I gave for like, oh, why didn't you like that? Like immediately afterwards, when my girlfriend asked me, it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, it was so so goofy in the first half of the movie. Like it was like just a knee slapper. Like oh, let's all the jokes. Like it felt super super goofy. Uh, with and and a big part of that was like the first segment of. Uh, what's his name? Mm, Poe talking to Hux, huh. and it was like, oh, right. Oh, wait, what? Like, why is he pretending he's in a hole? Like, this is also a reference that is feels too like now for me. Like, it feels too yeah. this galaxy and not right. long a long time ago. And also, this guy is in charge of the entire like navy. Like, this is too too goof troop for yeah a starting point of this film but i don't know so it's
1: interesting because it goes from this really funny sequence where or at least to me a really funny sequence of of, but like very goofy sequence into then um you know that it wasn't funny like
0: i also thought it was funny but
1: yeah yeah um but and then it like goes into this like fairly you know um like serious like battle scene where you know a bunch of ships are blowing up and you see somebody sort of sacrifice themselves for the greater good and it's supposed to be like very moving and, and it was. Um so it's like interesting like I think mean, even then like there's it's it goes back and forth between those modes fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I I guess I didn't really pay attention not not paid attention. I paid attention, but I didn't really note like the the goofiness felt exceptional to me and the other thing felt like oh yeah this is big and and i thought that was a great sequence like i thought the bombing run and everything about it was a really really good sequence including the actual like vehicle design which a lot of people are taking issue with or i've heard some complaints about uh, from like the super nerd community but like i thought all that was great um yeah and it was just it was just like it was just like why Hawks initially, I mean, Hawks in general is not one of the stronger characters, I think, of like the whole series, but, or so far. But I felt like they were like, it's like, what, what, how does this make any sense? Like, why would this person even be involved at all and not like washing toilets or something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> You've taken any kind of ethos away from this character that he might have had, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would say two things in response to that. One would be that, um, is I think like Hux in the first movie is just like a nothing. And I'm somebody who, like, you know, really likes, um, you know, Donald Gleason. Um, I think he's like a really fine actor. He's very good.
0: Yeah. When he's used at all. (laughs) And he, right. He wasn't in the first one.
1: Right. And so here I was like, okay, like, they decided that we're not going to make him a serious villain. We're just going to make him comic relief. And that I thought worked really well. It, it maybe makes it harder to take um the first first or seriously as a threat which i think was i mean that was a general problem with um the movie was like in some ways like the the villains i mean first of all like hawks and then secondly um snoke right. right i mean for very different reasons is very much undermined as like a scary um villain uh, yeah. and so like in some ways the the sort of even though like this is a movie where like the first order is like incredibly triumphant and, and basically obliterates most of the resistance, you still kind of can't take it seriously as like the bad guys.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, it seems like they kind of like lucked lucked back into their dominance or whatever. You're like, What moves did they really take to do this? I guess Snoke is independently wealthy or something, like they just bought some good warships or something, but it didn't, yeah. It didn't seem like anybody was like no one, and that, that like I've seen the interviews now since with Johnson and saying like he wanted Ren to like come into his own and really be right the villain. And Kylo Ren was a good villain in this movie uh, and a better villain than he was in the past one because he was a bit more complicated than in the past or the previous one. Right, like he wasn't just a tantrum boy. He had something right to him.
1: Although right? I like the tantrum boy version. I of the do too. So I think he's like yeah.
0: And I and they didn't get they didn't throw that away. like he still has that, right? But it's like he, but he's also a human, right? because people aren't just like even tantrum teenagers are that way for a reason and have other aspects of their personality, right? And I think they did a good job of like explaining kind of why like and and that was I like that too. I like that a lot. like I had no issue with them uh, sort of tearing down Luke, even though even apparently Mark Hamill had issues with that. <laughs> Did you see that is today?
1: Yeah, although like, again, I think a lot of this stuff sort of...
0: I think that was taken against, out of like, context. I don't know.
1: I mean, it's not, yeah. Or I mean, I haven't watched it. This is actually, I mean, because like YouTube kept trying to show me this video, which is like Mark Hamill hates The Last Jedi. And I was like, this just sounds like such like bullshit. Yeah, it and does. I'm, I'm not going to click on it. But YouTube kept being like, you should watch this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> so... I actually still haven't watched it. But, I mean, I know that in interviews he's very open about the fact that he had a lot of hesitation about the direction that, that Ryan Johnson wanted to go in with the movie.
0: But, he, see, that's so – because he was – I thought he was did a great job of it. Like, maybe he's right. just very committed to that part of the craft. But this is like the – this was like Mark Hamill, the Mark Hamill of I'm the voice of the Joker. Like, he's he's very expressive and he's very – Good at being flawed. Uh, what was the other movie I just watched him in? It was a very weird movie, the Lonely Island movie about the oh. uh, about the guy who's kidnapped something bear bear what? something bear Lonely Island. I'm googling it right now in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, Wait, what?
1: This is a Lonely Island Briggsby
0: Briggsby Bear. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Hamill co-stars in it. Does he play Mark Hamill? He plays no. He plays the father of the main character, Huh, who, who's okay. one of the members of Lonely Island. Kyle Mooney. Okay. Uh, Kyle
1: Mooney's not wait. Is he a member of Lonely Island? Oh,
0: is he not? I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. I think mean, I think well, that it's was a Lonely Island production. That. Anyway, who's? At the, yeah, at the start they say like, "Oh, it's Lonely Island." production or whatever and then phil, okay, phil lord okay. and chris miller are involved in it too okay fair
1: enough fair enough.
0: uh but it's it's yeah it's good it's really good um and mark hamill is in it and it's like that to me was it, it closer to that this mark hamill from this than it was of like the luke skywalker one but like not in a bad way like that is a good thing uh, yeah
1: i mean i think that mark hamill like even in the um you know, in Empire and Return of the Jedi, I think, like, definitely was showing, like, how he could sort of stretch his legs as a performer. I mean, I think um, there was, you know, certain limitations of just what you could do with that character who's supposed to be sort of this, you know, young, idealistic guy. But, like, I mean, that's never going to be the sort of, like, attention-grabbing role that, like, makes somebody be like, yes, that person is a great actor. Um, but I think, like, he's, he did a reasonable job of, like, sort of, um, expanding the character over the, like the sequels, but I agree, he's the best thing about the, about this movie. I think. Uh, yeah. He, uh, and and it's not just that he like that you can. Just, I mean, if I had a complaint about uh, the way Harrison Ford played um, Han Solo, was like it just felt kind of like Harrison. I mean, I don't think it was bad, but it felt in some ways just like Harrison Ford. Yeah. I didn't necessarily see a lot of like the old Han Solo. No, um, it's,
0: it's true. Even when they did like, there's that scene where they like appear on the bridge or whatever of the Millennium Falcon. And like right. there's some schlocky line like, oh, we're home again, whatever, chewy. You almost feel like there should be audience applause there, like they're doing a reunion, a live reunion show. And it's like, yeah. 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 And, whereas and I, I, he felt whereas like this, a, a character. He felt like a character in a movie, not like a guest right. star. Right.
1: He felt like a character in a movie, but you could also still see like traces of like that sort of like youthful self inside that you could sort of draw a line from the character that you saw in the original trilogy to this one.
0: Yeah, um, especially when they put when they brought in Yoda and they played off of each other. I thought yeah. that was really really good.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's and I think like Yoda like that's my favorite. That was so I would say my my response to the movie was like the first part of it when um like the battle and like all the jokes and everything like I really liked. And then it sort of like splits off into two pieces, which is one is like the the the, the fleet being pursued by like the, the first order, uh-huh. and then like going to Kanto Blight, Kanto Blight, Bight. yeah. Um, the uh, casino planet, and then on the other hand, um, you know Luke and Ray, and I just thought like the casino stuff was fine, but like really like went on for too long, and like was really distracting from the uh, the, the Luke and Ray and and Kylo Ren stuff, yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then when the but then when Yoda came back. Um, that to me, like that was like, all right, I'm on board for this movie. This is this is really good. And and to, and like basically from that point on, even though I think that there were like kind of too many endings, like it's still like I was basically on board for the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a it's a good point about this the subplot too because I like I wasn't I wasn't crazy about that one either. The side the side story. I also wasn't crazy about Pose arc, which felt like. Okay. I, yeah, I guess he's got to stop being such a impetuous dude. And but like, I didn't really care that much. I was like, come on, like, I, you, all the other characters are more interesting than this. What's going on here? The Lord and Leia stuff was interesting, but they—it was like one scene where they were like, and they did such a good job of conveying like an unspoken of like depth through the relationship that was like not brought up in the movie at all. Uh, and and making it genuine that there was a closeness, even though we've never seen her before, and like, you know, there's been a lot of movies with Leia. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I thought they did a great job with that, and I wished we had seen more of that or more of her or something in a way that wasn't like, um, just like her seeming to be purposely frustrating just to give us a red herring in the movie, right? Like where you're like, oh she's a villain. She's an internal villain. Like, no, you did that too. Why? Like, what? Like needlessly, like she's not, there's no good reason for her to be acting this way, I guess, except to like, to teach him some humility kind of, but not really like that doesn't really come out. I don't know. It didn't, I didn't like that part, but.
1: Well, it's also just sort of strange how like Leia sort of like shuffled off, off stage for like a good portion of the movie. And I mean, I, I should say like, by the way that I think like, the treat the the portrayal the, the of Leia and, and um in this one is so much better than it was in um The Force Awakens yeah. where I thought like it was just like all the stuff between her and, and Han was like pretty bad. Um here I think she's like actually great, but then she kinda disappears for like the middle of the movie. Yeah. And you know I mean there is a plot justification for it, but it's just still felt kind of strange that she sort of like shuffled off stage. This new character is brought on stage and and I mean, I guess I assume part of the reason was was either that Carrie Fisher wasn't going to work that many days, or because from a plot perspective, they felt like, you know, it was better for um, like you know, Poe wouldn't po-
0: wouldn't rebel against her, or something.
1: Right. Right. Except that, of course, we already saw Poe rebel against her in the very beginning of the movie. So it just seems weird that it seems like it would be a much more interesting conflict. Yeah. If um if it was Leia versus Poe, and they both like just have very different you know ideas about what the proper course of action is versus like this random person who's withholding information for who knows what reason um and then it turns out to be justified but it's just like all of that just seems like way like needlessly complicated i mean almost everything on that side of the story just feels like it's not like a bad idea it's not like terribly executed but it's just way more complicated than it
0: needs to be it's very complicated and it's it i mean i guess for a justifiable reason like you said but not no because if she had just shared the details of her plan at the beginning um none of the subplot wouldn't have happened like they would have just and and they would have gotten away fine right right so yeah and i get like i guess that had to happen narratively but it doesn't seem justified in the script
1: Uh, yeah and it just right because like the whole thing is because they get caught um that's why um the the first order is able to figure out that there's these like little ships like flying away and then they're basically able to wipe out yeah half the rebellion right there because of what's Um, his name's character uh uh, benicio del toro
0: the thief yeah benicio del toro also he did not need that stutter he didn't need that that was stupid i couldn't
1: tell if it was meant to be like a fake stutter or a real stutter it was so confusing
0: it was very confusing what do you mean a real stutter?
1: I mean, in the oh. sense that I, like, was he just, was that just to put on, like, was the, he char- putting the it character does make... actually stutter, but he's just messing with. But the why? other characters.
0: that's awful. That's so, uh, it was a really weak decision. It made me angry. Because I felt yeah, like, and I mean, otherwise, well, I he would have. I also just would been... rather
1: have, like, spent time with the Justin Thoreau character.
0: <laughs> that's the real thing. That was my real complaint, is that they gave me, they, they teased me into thinking Justin Thoreau is going to be in the movie. And he seemed delightful from what little right, we saw like of him. Right,
1: basically playing like James Bond or something.
0: Yes, but like a weird French. Was he French or something? He had some kind of accent.
1: Well, he had a pencil mustache too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and it was awesome. And I honestly, I mean, me and my girlfriend both love uh, The Leftovers. So I turned to her and I was like, it's through. <laughs> and we were very excited. And then they were like, oh, yeah, that was just a cameo. I tricked you. Now it's, uh, Benicio going, th- 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 like, come on, we didn't need that. Why is he mocking like that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Ugh. Yeah. That was, I mean, and, and Benicio
1: Del Toro is a very charismatic actor. I didn't like resent, the t- you know, but it was just like, as a character, it just didn't work. It just didn't go anywhere. No.
0: I mean, I again, I thought Benicio Del Toro did a good job overall. It's just, I it didn't make any sense for him to have that tick uh it just felt it felt like a fake thing it felt like oh he's doing a weird fake tick for the purposes of acting and that's all I could think about because otherwise he was great everything else about it was great every time he did that yeah. it popped me out of it so and like that character and that and that motivation and what he like imparts on the other characters and his interactions with Finn all use useful although I feel like they should have done a little bit more explicit like, Hey, remember Finn is like basically not a human. Like he needs building up. He's he is essentially empty uh, because of his past, right? Like that was a big part of the first movie, and I felt like here they were like, nope, we know who he is now. Kind of, but right. they hinted at it with that, and I, I guess they just didn't have time. They were two and a half hours, right?
1: Right, and and he was. I mean, I think yeah. Of of all the char- of all the characters returning characters, I think he was sort of. The one who sort of was like the worst served in this movie and just didn't really have much to do. Yeah. Um, but, no, he did get the, his first scene with Rose where, where he, like he's like sneaking out, but he doesn't yeah, want was to admit it, and she, it was very good. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it, he's just kind of there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I also didn't think they did her enough justice, too. Like, they gave her a fair amount, but I don't know. It seemed kind of, both of them seemed kind of like, poorly done by in terms of the uh, uh, time a lot of them and stuff
1: yeah i i, I think that's fair yeah. um again but, there was a
0: lot to pack in like it was a challenge right I right think it, it is the longest movie right the longest star wars movie right. today
1: right but a lot of it is just sort of like plot sort of machinations rather than real character stuff yeah. especially on that side of the story i mean on on the um, Ray and and Kylo Wright, I don't think that part of the movie is perfect either, but, like, that's basically all character stuff. There's, like, very little plot for, like, and I think that was great. I mean, I think it really benefited from that.
0: I think so, too. I think you're right. I think what what they could have done, you know, it's always weird to backseat direct or whatever, but uh, my Alexa just went off. But they could (laughs) have, like, (laughs) cut the complexity of that side plot, and then they would have given people more time to develop, right? Like, they they didn't really even need. I mean, I, I guess they had to go somewhere else. Like destinations are a key part, but like if they had just had to stay on that ship and kind of work out ship based m- means to keep the fleet at bay, like the the first order fleet, uh, just to buy them some more time, right? Then they would have had more time to just interact and right. I don't know. Focus on the character development, but yeah. Yeah. Um, they could have done away with the wild horses uh, extended <laughs> oh, extended <God>. chasing, <laughs> but that's which like is, a, I mean, that's like a just, thing. That's a Star Wars thing. You have to put in a goofy uh, extended CG monster <laughs> uh, portion in the movie, right? CG or is, or practical it, effects. Yeah, depending. It's
1: just so dumb too. Because well, a like it just these horses that you're supposed to care about, and then. Where It's like oh well, now the horses have made it to the hills outside the city so they're definitely safe now. yeah like no um, as uh, opposed to,
0: like <laughs> they have spaceships like they're gonna they're gonna find the horses <laughs>
1: right if they want these horses they will catch these horses yeah. like that um, Also the again, horses I mean,
0: were uh they were actually like guardians from the uh, project Ico or the team Ico game.
1: Okay. Have you played that game? No
0: the most recent team Ico game they looked exactly like that thing. It was crazy. Uh, but they weren't obviously that. But they were yeah, and I mean
1: they were I don't care about like cool. the plot the plot hole, but just the to, to spend that much time on these horses when it doesn't even make any sense was just sort of
0: ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt I felt like that too. But uh and yeah, and it wasn't there was no like I don't think there was a, enough of like an emotional payoff or anything like that when they you know it was kind of exciting when they're zipping around the city, but not really. And that was supposed to be kind of cathartic too. Um, For the uh, uh, Kelly Marie Tran character. What's her name? Um,
1: Rose Tico.
0: Rose Tico, yeah. Like, that was like her goal, right? Was to trash the place. So they were delivering that in this way, in this roundabout way. But still felt, yeah. And again, why didn't you just, you could have just spent some time in the casino with Justin Theroux? We all would have been happy. Yeah, because the
1: introduction to Canto <laughs> Bite is like really fun, where right? they're just like panning around and you just see like all these different, like, gamblers and stuff that is like really good yeah that's just then, that's like, like
0: you want the, the it's like the crazy that's the good stuff about star wars they they keep right and they did do a good job with that like here's all this crazy stuff going on uh
1: right it was the first time it felt like a star wars movie had really like successfully sort of one to the um the cantina sequence yeah 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 where you're just like oh my god what's happening there's so much going on right now yeah. um except then on yeah just i mean i guess it, i don't know like but I don't know that like we spent that much time on it, but it just felt really long. And then, especially when mixed in with like the fact that all the stuff with Poe is like just keeps going on. And and yeah, I mean, none of it is like terrible, right? But like it just you know it it just did not need to be that long and complicated.
0: Yeah, it felt it felt it felt like loose and kind of like unfocused or whatever. And and yeah, especially when it's in contrast to the to the Ray uh, Ray Kylo Ren and Luke stuff, which is. Very focused, very tight, right? And very um, good.
1: How, yeah? How did you feel about the the whole scene with with? Um, well, I guess the two things that sort of happen in rapid succession. One is sort of the, the death of Snoke,
2: mm-hmm. and then the
1: revelation of um, that uh, you know the Rey's parents, at least according to to, to Kylo Ren, um, were basically nobody um and, and it seemed like two things in a row where like these things had been sort of built up to be like this very big deal yeah. and then they were sort of you know um in, i think in some ways like sort of deliberately anticlimactic
0: yeah i think that was another thing where it took the second viewing to make that to make that not even okay but like good cuz it was the first viewing it was again i i think it's just a lot of expectations it's just like a lot of like what i've invested in this uh, series and uh, like what I, my expectations of it, my sort of like feelings around it and stuff that I'm not even realizing that I have built up around it. Like, um, you know, like, it's like, there's a, there's a form or like, a like in the way that they, you know, it's for something to be a Homeric epic, it has to have like a feast, uh, uh, sea journey, uh, battle you know like all these things that actually have to be in place in order for like a classicist to call something an epic right um i had i had a, a a kind of set of that which i wasn't even probably really conscious of where like oh these need to be like the heroes need to be of like significant birth they need to have this like uh monumental villain who is you know has a uh origin and a justification and all that stuff and they kind of just cut the rug out from under you which at first was like uh yeah a shock to the senses i guess but then on second viewing it's like oh that's great that's actually great that they do that it felt it felt freeing more the second time around
1: yeah i think one thing i didn't love was like the fact that we it seems obvious to me that or at least very likely to me that JJ, it seemed like the, the the force awakens was going in one direction about raised parentage. Mm. And this movie sort of took it in a different, but in a different direction because it was building it up so much. Or if if that's what, and and certainly what Ryan Johnson has said in interviews is like, they did not hand him an answer. They just said, Hey, this is our movie. You make your movie now. And, and you know, whatever you want to happen, essentially you can do with it. Yeah. Um, Which, which still seems crazy to me that like, they were just like, we said, you know, but, uh, it
0: doesn't seem like, I mean, from all the stuff that you hear about like Kathleen Kennedy being like, no, that's not how you make this movie. This is how you make this movie. That seems very unlikely, but again, yeah, that's what I, that's what I heard as well. So.
1: And then, although somebody pointed out, I mean, JJ Abrams is also the person who made the pilot to lost, which I think at this point, everyone sort of knows definitively. (laughs) I was asked a bunch of questions and then figured out the answers later on. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: Um, But like, so it just like I almost I like the idea that Ray doesn't have special parents and is not, you know, a Skywalker. Um, I just don't think that like you needed to like then draw out that question for two movies mm-hmm. that you could have just said that in a much more definitive way at the beginning of the first one and then kind of just moved on from there. Maybe I mean, I don't know, I guess there's something to be said for like her character arc where she just wants so badly to come from like a special family and then to have it revealed which uh, you know that that implicitly she knew all along that that she didn't
0: yeah yeah it's is a, interesting but it's a narrative thing that doesn't work unless you are taking into consideration audience expectations right like it's like yeah that's not a plot point that works in a in a trilogy where it's a, it's a contextual to like a Star Wars thing like take away the Star Wars point it doesn't make sense to to go for two movies Talking about some kind of like vague origin of the parents, and then say you're nothing, you come from nobody. That doesn't make any sense. It only yeah. makes sense in the in the context of this is a Skywalker trilogy about a Skywalker family, and like they are great storied family with this long history and blah blah blah. So, in and in that way, because like um I know there was an interview with Johnson where he was talking about like I w- I wasn't going out of my way to like frustrate fan theories. Like I wasn't really reading or paying attention to fan theories. But like at the same time, you're making a movie that is a star Wars movie and you're aware of the star Wars context and that's driving some of your narrative decisions. Right. And that one right. was that. So, cause I like it too. And I like the idea that I like the idea that like, uh, in terms of movies in general, like it, it's like a good message to be like, Oh, well like the hero doesn't have to come from anywhere, but like, that's that's not a new message itself it's just new to the series so it, it yeah it felt very much like this is a thing that is a response to people's expectations of this movie and and therefore maybe a little stunty i guess does that yeah. make sense
1: yeah um, yeah it's like i think it was the right decision i just don't think like the execution of it was was necessarily great
0: yeah yeah but again you're right cuz it probably wasn't intended that way it wasn't like the, the right way to do it would have been to just do away with it in the first movie if that was your intent the whole way through. But
1: Right. Or, and like, yeah, even if like, if, or if you were going to reveal, if you wanted to like make it a question, then make it a question at the beginning of the movie, reveal at the end of the first movie, not have it sort of this question that's been lingering for, you know, two years and that people have come up with all these theories for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it could still go the other um, way, I guess, right? Because who knows? Yeah,
1: That's if, right. I mean, I, I know at least one friend of mine texted me and said that, that he and his uh, fiance. Have a standing bet about whether or not you know it's, you're going to find out a different answer in the in the third one.
0: Right, and who who's in, who's directing that now?
1: It's J.J. Abrams.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. he's returning. Um, well, he's co-writing
1: it with Chris Terrio, who won an Academy Award for writing Argo, and then wrote um, Batman v Superman and Justice League. So, I mean, obviously, Ooh. he's he's a great
0: writer. Argo was good though. Argo was fine. It was
1: uh, I I was cranky. I mean. Maybe Anyone the Canadians will come the in. They'll be like,
0: Ray, you're Canadian all along.
1: <laughs> the thing about Argo is that that, I mean, I'm, I, I can't believe that I even remember or care about this, but like Argo, <laughs> like that script beat out um, the script for Lincoln, which I think was like, I mean, Lincoln was like, I thought like, it, I mean, had like some typical Steven Spielberg problems, but like, like, it seemed so obvious to me that Lincoln was a million times better written than Argo was. So I was sort of annoyed that he won an Oscar for that too, but yeah that's neither here nor
0: there the i never is, saw lincoln so i can't i can't comment one way or the other but yeah should so i watch it canadian
1: yeah it's great it's okay. really good and also because you know it's daniel day lewis like it's you know it's now will have been his second to last movie
0: oh okay. yeah he retired right
1: supposedly yeah yeah right, um JJ sure. yeah, so will be snoke,
0: snoke returns um, and it's daniel day lewis somehow
1: yeah. but i mean i it's not quite the same thing, but in the same way that we we were reviewing Inhumans Uh and like, we're like, why are they letting, after he made uh, Immortal Iron Fist, are they letting Scott Buck like continue to make superhero movies? Um, Like, uh, why, you know, after somebody writes Batman v Superman and then like, and and uh, and Justice League, would you be like, oh yeah, like you should you should definitely be making a Star Wars movie?
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like a part of it is just like, well, we know he can finish writing a movie.
1: <laughs> and who knows? I mean, I think in both of those cases, he had co-writers, and they were under you know Zack Snyder, who I think has a very specific vision. So you can't necessarily blame. And I actually kind of like um, Justice League, and I think that still seen Versus it. Super Batman v Superman is so bad that like it's, but it's like. In like really unique ways that make it work, kind of worth watching anyway, but I mean, but neither of those are like movies that I would watch and say that writer should get a lot more work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not, or not even more work. I mean, I'm, again, he, he may be a great writer, but it's like that he should get this incredible, of course, the next thing he should do is this incredibly high profile assignment.
0: Right. Well, maybe, do you think he was like picked by uh, Abrams specifically?
1: Yeah, I assume so that they probably like went in. Um, together and like you know we're like pitching it and um, or maybe that like I mean he maybe he went in with a pitch for like the, the for a story idea for the third movie and then you know they were they were at this point that point like oh, oh shit we got to get JJ Abrams to direct this mm-hmm. um, because like we don't because like all of our other directors are falling through <laughs> and we yeah. know he can do it so
0: yeah well like, he's what has he said about this movie
1: uh, I don't think he said much publicly okay that I'm aware of.
0: Because I'd be curious to see if he just goes like if it's like um, oh like like on Master Chef or something where they're like all right you guys have to do a blind tag team for this dish or whatever and then the person at the end just comes back and it's like oh I'm just gonna make what I intended to make to begin with I don't care <laughs> that they've that they've started something else like I was doing a souffle and then they started doing sushi I'm gonna make it right. sushi souffle uh, so you know will he go back to his original because i mean i think at the very least he must have had rough endpoints in place for some of these plots that he created
1: again you you would think so but (laughs) then again
0: we know who it is yeah uh true true maybe they'll just go back in time and then they'll be in star trek somehow
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah maybe by the time the next one comes out um Disney will have acquired Paramount, and so they'll, they'll find a way to uh, incorporate the Star Trek characters in yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Um, okay, so going back to to Last Jedi, mm. what? How did you feel about overall, like the treatment of Luke Skywalker and, and and also his death?
0: No, I liked it. I think they did a. I think that was well done. I I did not feel disappointed by that. I didn't. I've seen I've seen some of the screeds since, even when I didn't like it. I never felt like. Oh, what a waste of that character or anything like that. That was not one of my issues with it. I thought that was fair and uh, like I almost almost deserved. Like I don't know. I I thought it was great. I thought it was good. How I actually think it was like pretty true. You were talking about his character development through the original series, right? But I like yeah. that he this this posits kind of that he never really lost a lot of the stuff that he the problems that he had in the original one. Um, maybe he buried them down and he like, you know, he tried to deal with them in a broader way, but he's still like, he was still, uh, impatient ultimately. He was still kind of like, I don't know, whiny in a lot of ways. And I think he still had that here. So I liked it. I don't know. I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good treatment of him. I thought like, it was like the way that oftentimes we'll kind of revert to our, or people, it seems like we'll revert to some of the worst habits of their younger selves, like as they get on in years. So I thought there was a bit of that in this, in this portrayal of him.
1: Yeah. I get the sense that people, I mean, even though Harrison Ford obviously is a much bigger star, I think that star Wars fans are much more invested in the character of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Um, I'm not, I mean, is that, you think that's fair?
0: I think that is fair. I think people, they identify more with him, like the core Fans right, uh, and I did
1: I mean, especially as a kid, like I you know when I when I re- read any expanded universe stuff, I was always like, no, like Luke has to like some this has to do right by Luke, I don't really care about Han, Han's fine, whatever yeah um, and so like to have Harrison Ford come back in the last film and you find out that like I mean that like I would argue that in, in in a lot of ways like that is like way bleaker when they're just like, oh, and then like this guy who like you know kind of like became this like learned how to not be a selfish asshole and became this general in the rebellion, and like got the princess, ultimately like broke up, um, you know, like lo- like lost his marriage, went back to being a selfish, ass- yeah. selfish asshole, and, um, and then eventually is killed by his own son. Like to me, that is like way bleaker than what happened to Luke. But I think because of um, just, you know, the importance, and then how the question around what happened to Luke Skywalker was so built up over these films, I think, and I mean, I think some of that is, you know, the way that the films have treated the character too, that like, you know, the fact that you don't even see him for the entirety of The Force Awakens, it it makes you, eat, that question take on even more weight. Um, but I think like, that's like, to me, like this was a lot more satisfying, like felt like a much more satisfying mix of like, well, yes, like, the, like, the, like a lot of really like dark stuff happened in the intervening years, but like he was able to sort of find himself again and go out in a blaze of glory Rather than just sort of, uh, you know, and and, and like treating it like with that sort of like weight that I that I wanted to see it uh, treated with, even if you don't get to see like him be like, there's definitely a part of me that wishes that the ending of this movie was like Luke Skywalker coming out and like just being like the most badass Jedi in the world, right? And like waving his hand and all the like, you know, like, all the different walkers like collapse. And he just like cuts people down with his like lightsaber, like, that would have been fun. But like what they had instead, which is like, he does something dramatic. Um, and then, but like, isn't like necessarily like just unstoppable and infallible, I thought was like really well done.
0: Yeah. I thought so too. I think also he, um, you know, his, the way that he deals with the, his like moment of weakness, like even having that, like all that was really good. And it, and it, I think it is hard. You mentioned the extended, like the books or, and like the extended universe stuff. And I was like super into that as a kid. And I read a lot of that. And Luke was always basically, you know, what he, if you were like on a, you know, like a bar graph or a chart or whatever, you're charting his course. Like it was like they just drew a line continuing on from the series. And he got like more sort of like, well, I think there was a part where he like flirted with the dark side or something during yeah. part of that. But ultimately he but, became but that's
1: also like something embedded in the in the original movies. too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And and he but he was like more he was like Obi-Wan but like to the max and without a sense of humor by the end of it basically or you know, he was like the just the savior figure like he could do no wrong. He was that guy, the noble noble Luke and so I think it this was like a far more realistic depiction of like I think they did a good job with both the characters, like even with with Han too. It was like, yeah, like he fell back into his old ways. And with Luke, it's not like he fell back into his old ways, but it's like he made a mistake like because people make mistakes, and especially when they're sort of fumbling out on their own, right? And you know, in a real human world, not like the stupid plastic world of the prequels or something like that, right? And he uh and he lived with that, and that was like. That was the best part about his ending was that you could tell he felt that so deeply, but also that he was like he was trying to move past it. He was doing something else. Like he was he was like he said, like he's like he's not letting himself be consumed by that. He's like, Okay, I made this mistake, I gotta deal with it and and it doesn't mean I throw away everything, right? It's like no deal with it now and, and deal with the situation on the ground. And that involves not trying to like pathetically save or like beg for forgiveness from Kylo or whatever, but you know, save the rebels. Do do a little bit of good in the way out. So. I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. One other thing that I read that I thought was really interesting about who this this version of Luke is is that unlike a lot of other characters who like that like who do like I mean specifically Darth Vader and then sort of what you're hoping for like it, for a long time it seems like the arc of Kylo Ren is going to be is that like. People do, like, horrible, horrible shit, and there's sort of, like, this ex- expectation that, like, well, if they do, if they sort of turn it around, then it's fine. Yeah. You know, that, like, sort of all will be forgiven. And, like, like, like Luke Skywalker, in some ways, is, like, the opposite of that, where he's, like, basically, you know, been heroic and done the right thing for almost all of his life, but he made this sort of one terrible mistake where he um, considered killing um, Tyler, you know, uh, ben, uh, ben, and and is, like, you know, haunted by guilt for it. Um, And and I think in another way that that sort of makes him also like really different and and sort of uniquely heroic in that universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Uh, Yeah. So all those complaints about his treatment I think are stupid and bad. and wrong. Yeah. I mean,
1: I understand the disappointment, but like, I mean, this is, yeah, just to like touch briefly on this backlash. I mean, it's, I think there's a lot of reasons to not like the movie. Um, I think like, getting so angry that you're demanding that, that it be removed from the canon um, is both a, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. a real like misunderstanding of like how, like what is likely to happen, um, here. Um, but like just also like just, it's just so silly. And, and I, I think probably like the extent to which there are actually a lot of people who feel that way is probably being overstated because the in, the, the internet makes every sort of like loud minority seem larger than it really is. Right. Um, but yeah that, i just think like it, it was just really interesting to like go from this like critic screening where everyone was ecstatic and then seeing all these incredibly positive reviews, and then suddenly seeing like this you know pretty what what seemed like a very loud backlash yeah. you know, fairly quickly which yeah. i think now has moved into a lot of people just kind of being like uh if you're like you know that 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 like people are lying about how much they like the movie because they're liberals, which <laughs> right. I, I, I like I think is is a pretty you know fair accusation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. It's like it's very weird. It's a weird thing because it's again like a thing where I, typically around Star Wars uh, in general, I just try to avoid as much as possible like the internet and internet reaction to them uh, right away. Because it's like, I I like to do it like myself. I just like to enjoy it, right? I'd rather not have the static. Um, so, yeah, it's really weird having this kind of experience of it, and then also having it like I mean, inevitably I have to go back to the internet. The internet is like the number one thing that I do basically <laughs> uh, all the time. So, you know, you're and then you're thrown back into this conversation. You're like, oh, this is like so freaking messy and complicated now and it's it's really hard to suss out like what what is the actual feeling about this and what's going on and then yeah the, the complaints like that are like wait did I do I like it or did I just feel like I should <laughs> like it because uh, people told me I liked it and initially I didn't like it and I'm like it's, it's really overly complicated for something that is basically just like oh wait this is a movie I saw it Probably I was like just not in a good headspace to see it. I was like right. just back from vacation or something, but uh, and and work in Berlin. So I was like jet lagged and whatever. But it's 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 really yeah. It's uh, it's it's more than I want um, uh, to deal with at this. But I think in the end, it's like you know, it's a movie and it was a entertaining movie, and people need to chill out. But,
1: uh. Right, and obviously like. As two guys who host a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for like several hours every week. <laughs> it's not to say that you can't talk about it. No, like yeah, yeah. Like Feel Strongly, but like the sort of like
0: There's Feel Strongly and then there's start a petition to have it removed struck from right. history? I don't know what you like <laughs> what is your end goal there? Uh, like removed from official canon. What is that even like what I guess uh. <laughs> okay
1: which i mean that's that's what like um the door that disney opened by like explicitly saying the expanded universe wasn't pretty canon as much like if you just made a movie that like didn't acknowledge the expanded universe no one would have like cared everyone would have like been like no we understand that these books in the same way that if you read a star trek novel you understand that like they may make another movie that completely invalidates this novel like like none of the, the the movies are beholden to this but by like having this official announcement where they said that i feel like that sort of Opens the door to this sort of ner- real, like, nerd tendency to, like, just argue about what one is, true is canon. thing, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And only the things that I agree with can be allowed into canon. I mean, it's just, it's very silly,
0: yes, it is. Uh, what about porks? That's, Porgs. I, that's a real switch, but I've been curious about you how you feel about porks.
1: Uh, I. Yeah, I I thought they were great. <laughs> they were in the movie for a lot less than I thought they would be, given how much attention they got ahead of time. Yeah. But that's true, of, like Star Wars in general, right? Like if you heard about like Boba Fett and then you watch um, <laughs> right. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, you'd be like, wait, what? That that was the guy? Yeah, like, like that, that guy, guy in who the movie stands for, like, there and
0: minutes. then they and then he and then he gets bumped into the eating <laughs> thing. Like that's all he does.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Um,
0: it's so funny because I thought, cause I thought I there was more pu- more. Pork than I thought oh, there was really? going to be, but I, I also didn't mind. I like them. I liked the porks. I bought a animatronic pork for myself.
1: I I think the other thing I really liked finding out was apparently there's some sort of like indigenous bird on the oh, island yeah. where they shot the 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 Ray and Luke stuff, or at least some of the exteriors for the Ray and Luke stuff. And so part of the reason they had porks was just to hide these birds.
0: Yeah, there was there were puffins, and they and they they had they like just modified them or like in the really uh wide shots they're like you know it just looks like a pork but they're <laughs> right. yeah or they
1: just kept the puffins in there and and, and our eyes just see porks
0: yeah know. exactly yeah um but it yeah i i like them too i thought i thought the one thing that was like i just didn't understand why they didn't make the the cooked one that Chewy is making look more like a cooked bird right. and it less was obviously like a piece like, of plastic <laughs> right. right it was like just a like
1: um prop you know roast chicken
0: yeah like just get a real roast <laughs> chicken and it would be fine like a small one uh there was a couple moments like that oh when luke is like carrying the big weird fish that he's speared and oh it's like, yeah. why is he carrying that fish pillow why isn't he carrying a real fish <laughs> or that large plastic fish like I guess the uh, it it is part of the like, you know, Yoda being a practical effect, like being a puppet, was also obvious but good. Like I appreciated right.
1: that. It was terrific. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think a, a lot of that was also kind of coming from the same spirit of a thing where it's like, listen, this doesn't need to be photorealistic. It's it's it never was. It never has been. Right. So
1: yeah. And um, I would say one of the other thing that I loved. On on that front, even more than the porgs was the um, the other aliens on on the uh, on, on the island, island? The, who were like the, you know taking care of the, uh, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just basically exist to like cast like side eye at Ryan yeah yeah to like destroy
0: something. They exist to <laughs> so. be exasperated. Right. <laughs> They're so good. I love that. <laughs> they are good. They're still world weary and it's like wait a minute, but. These are like the only two people, <laughs> right? Seen.
1: They're they're introduced. The way they're introduced is sort of random, where you're kind of like, wait, they're not alone on this yeah, island. Right, Everything yeah. else we've seen suggests that they're alone on this island, and then suddenly there's this whole other population. Yeah. But once you once they're there, they're like really funny.
0: Yeah, they are. They are. Also, the milk be- milk beast is. Uh, that was a that was a, quite a scene. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well luke just like <laughs> on his beard drinking it down <laughs> and he
1: like just like stares at her yeah like, yeah. Like, yeah 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 you want some
0: i thought that was the most mark hamill moment of the of the movie possibly it felt like it was him being genuinely gleeful uh, in the way that he sort of seems to to be on twitter and stuff right uh, and that, also mean, again, she looks look- away from it i felt that was a weird <laughs> moment of shame <laughs> Like I'm sorry to the thing. <laughs> well,
1: just like I don't want to see this. It's yeah, a yeah, very yeah, personal thing, and I don't want to. Be, I don't want any part of this.
0: Yeah, it was good though. That's the thing. Like those movie, even you know, the stuff that I thought was like super overly goofy on first viewing was also just genuinely amusing. So I didn't, I didn't mind it that much the second time around. I guess because I. Stopped, you know. I was like, "All right, don't take yourself or this movie so seriously. Like, just enjoy it." So, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that's a good, good
0: response as a whole. Yeah, um, it's too bad it took me two viewings to get there.
1: <laughs> good <laughs> for the for Disney's bottom line, though.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, uh, they were both the IMAX, like top top of the line laser IMAX viewings too. <laughs> that's the most money that Disney can get out of me.
1: And two tickets both times.
0: Yeah, that too. I didn't even make my friend pay me back for the second one. Oh,
1: you should, you should
0: do that. No, no. It's, I was going to go by myself even without him. That's fine. That's very generous of you. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Yeah, I liked it. I'm going to uh, probably acquire a fair amount of Star Wars merch as a result. Uh, much to my shame. And I don't know. Anything else to say about it? Anything else you, uh, you liked particularly a lot or didn't like?
1: Um, I guess the last thing I would say is like, uh, the, is it, uh, Natasha, uh, one of our coworkers, um, she wrote a post that actually said this should be the last Star Wars movie. Right. Um, and she said basically she, she did not like it and she thought it was very tired and very like predictable and stale, which I disagree with completely. But I, I will say that it was a, it felt much more like a standalone Star Wars movie than I was expecting. And so like the way it ends, like if they just said, that's the end of the story. I mean, obviously some of the Kylo Ren stuff has not been resolved, but in a lot of ways to me it was a much more satisfying ending than I would have thought. And I would have been like, Alright, great, that's the end of the story. That's fine.
0: Yeah, that's true. The tension that's in place is like enough that you could just be like, Oh yeah, like they're gonna the like there's a new leader of the bad guys. There's right. sort of a new way forward for the good guys. Um Yeah, let's stop it there. Although I did not like I did not like the here's a little kid, oh he's <laughs> a broom kid ending I didn't like that I don't want that I know
1: no one likes that except for me but I liked it <laughs> I'm
0: mean, I will. I will, I'm not going to try to defend
1: it I'm just going to tell you that you know for where I was emotionally when that scene started it, like, it worked but I'm you know uh, I, I understand that it, it, it's very cheesy and, and it's asking you to invest in these kids from probably the weakest part of the movie who you didn't get to know at all
0: Yeah. yeah but he has his little force broom pull that's kind of fun I guess
1: Right, and you see that the legend of Luke Skywalker lives on.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. He's living because they say it. They they play with the little <laughs> Luke Skywalker man. That's true. I don't know. It was I think fine. for me, it also. I think it was a fine scene. Like, I just, uh, yeah, you know, it's a weird place to end.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It, it like that, like it, the the final shot is of these like random kids as opposed to like like they could have like had like you know. Sh- Shown some like shown these kids talking, but like had some sort of voiceover, then come back to like the characters we actually care about.
0: Yeah, and they didn't even have to do anything; they could just be like out on a joke or something. They could just freeze frame them as they all do a <laughs> high five jump.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe that was the original ending. Right? They took it in a different direction. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I think um, I think you're right. I think it could. It, it was it was satisfying unto itself, which is. Uh, you know not and not that's not like empire right uh, people comparing it to empire like empire was like uh yeah we need another movie now because right there's still this is in the middle you let you stop to the middle right uh, yeah and, and, this and one, i mean i think
1: part of that is also because they like they, they took a lot of the questions that were asked in in the force awakens and answered them in this sort of again sort of anticlimactic way yeah whereas like empire like just Answers like okay, who are you know like has these big revelations, but the revelations that are like oh man, I have to like come back and figure out what's going to happen with that, as opposed to like you're just like oh oh okay, that was pretty clever.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think of were there any big questions that have not yet been answered that they raised the first one. Uh
1: Like not unless we find out unless like yeah, it turns out the the answer that we've gotten for race is a a false false answer, Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, yeah, I mean, the only other one being like, how
0: does the the conflict resolve between the first order and the resistance, right?
1: Right. So, so I would say like the one thing I really hope for the third one is that there's not another Death Star. I just I don't I don't want any more Death Stars. Like, please, just please, like,
0: what are you gonna do? Find some other
1: thing that that they have to stop. No more Death Stars.
0: What else could you? What could be more threatening than a Death Star?
1: I don't know, come with something. Like pay me a million dollars, <laughs> I'll come with something. Um, I just you know, like three Death Stars or you know, two Death Stars and and a star killer base, it's
0: it's too much. It doesn't even have much. to be that threatening though, honestly. Like that's the thing. Like it could just be the stakes are pretty high here. It's like if they don't if this one ship doesn't survive, there's essentially no more active rebellion. That's a pretty, that's right. high stakes without threatening entire planets.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean I think in a way, like, it's a, it's even higher stakes because you actually believe, you actually, even though, they, I mean, none of very few named characters die, um, there's still this sense that the rebellion is being destroyed as we watch that's not really present when it's just like, oh, there's a big, you know, Death Star that we know that they're going to destroy.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, and speaking of named characters dying, I've, I really, I honestly thought they were going to, that Finn was going to die, and I thought that was going to be good. Well, you were wrong. No, but didn't I thought that would have been a powerful way for him to go. I don't know,
1: yeah, yeah, uh I guess because he had such a minor role in the movie i I, I like sort of assumed that like uh, you can't kill him off when when he has has had so little to do in this movie like you gotta kill if you killed him off, it's gonna be like the end of the third
0: one, yeah, well then it also worked in the you know it was a nice like uh mirror image of the bombing run f- right for for pose development or whatever right. Although that that could have also happened still and you still could have had Finn's death too. Yeah.
1: You just want Finn to die.
0: No, I don't want him to die. I just think it would have been uh dramatically effective had he had he died there.
1: Yeah. I think that I mean that ending was already pretty dark. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and they would have had to reconfigure all the rest of it. It wouldn't because if he had just died and then thrown away his life and like they still lost, that would have sucked. That would be bad all around.
1: That would yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was a, it was a dark ending regardless, you're right. But only for Luke, who cares? He's old.
1: Right. And for all those nameless members of the rebellion slash resistance. Oh
0: yeah, they kept dying. Like the guy on the Nebulon B frigate. And Holdo. But before yeah. before her, the other guy. The guy piloting the Nebulon B frigate.
1: I don't know what the Nebulon B
0: is. Oh come on. You know what it is. No, it's the, no. <laughs> it's the it's the oh, no. thing. I think in the movie they call it a medical frigate. It's the, oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: yeah. That was really confusing because it was like, well, if you know that that's going to get about to go into range of blow up, why wouldn't you just then you know keep the frigate, leave the frigate, and like fly to the main ship?
0: Yeah, right? like probably you can put it on autopilot because he stayed behind and all the rest of the crew left. But right. a ship like that, you should be able to like say, just keep floating in space. I'm gonna leave <laughs> now, right? Like, right. there's no nothing required. That's special, right? Because uh, it's
1: not like, yeah, they're asking it to do anything complicated. She's like, don't nope, just keep going.
0: Yeah, and he did say, and then he said, yeah, "Godspeed, rebels." Right, like the same the same last line that Holdo gets later on. Or wait, did, did that end up being her last speed line, or did she have other ones was. because she changed her plan? I forget. Anyway,
1: All I remember was the May the Fourth speed with you. I don't remember what she said after that.
0: Yeah, Godspeed, rebels. She says it. She repeats his line uh which uh a colleague of ours took issue with because they were like god speed who's god star wars <laughs> doesn't have god like it's space god i don't know i don't get this and that's kind of true I yeah guess.
1: well because i remember i i know that like um i was reading about like the, the making of empire and like there's a draft um of uh, of of Empire, where like I think Han Solo says like, "Oh, even God forgot where he hung where he hung this star when he was describing how hidden mm. Hoth was." And George Lucas was like, "Nope, nope, no, no references to God."
0: Yeah, yeah. See, it, it it's like that's why it was a little bit. I, I mean, I didn't really notice it until he, uh, our colleague pointed it out. Uh, it's Chris Nisi, our copy editor, but he said. You know, it's it's not mentioned it anywhere. And it's true, like there's no canonical mention of even gods plural, right? I don't think. So
1: I think that's right. Yeah, there's just the force. Yeah.
0: But <clears throat> anyway, minor thing. Uh also, you know, that's not a medical frigate. That's a it's a Nebulon B frigate. It's uh <laughs> it's designed for <laughs> snub fighter combat, but you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, I, repurposed. Medical usage. <laughs> Actually,
0: that might be extended universe bullshit too, because the only other time I remember seeing a Nebulon B in the movies was in um, Empire. At the end of Empire, uh, Luke is recovering in one when he has his hand cut off. Right. It's a medical frigate. It's acting as a medical frigate in that capacity. Right. Or it has medical facilities. Right. So I'll bet right. that's well, nothing that it says
1: this can only be used as a medical frigate. Ever.
0: Yeah. 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 That's right. Who knows. But anyways, that's a little little bit of nerd trivia for the end of this. I only know it's a Nebulon B, I think, actually, because of TIE Fighter or X-Wing, like the awesome old LucasArts games. Yeah. Those are so good.
1: Which yeah. are definitely not canon.
0: No. But so, so we're clear. No.
1: Just like Last Jedi should not be canon. <laughs> X-Wing, not canon.
0: You signed the, the petition, did you?
1: <laughs> I signed multiple petitions, yeah. Just, just in case. Yeah.
0: Uh, those are legally binding so i mean it's good yeah, that you did yeah. that right
1: i'm not allowed to watch the last jedi okay?
0: <laughs> you're not allowed to remember it <laughs> yeah uh, anyways it's a good movie go see it everybody yeah uh,
1: if, if you've listened all this way and you haven't seen it yet what is wrong with you but go see it
0: yeah yeah, and if you didn't like it one time, just watch it again. You'll like it, yeah. I promise. If,
1: if you didn't like it two times, just watch it a third time.
0: <laughs> Keep watching. will probably fine. You'll, you'll yeah. come around.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. you there.
0: Um,
1: all right. Should we wrap this up? Yeah,
0: because it's a long one.
1: <laughs> this is a long one. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you are enjoying this um, incredibly long discussion of Star Wars, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and uh, come back next week when we tell you how much we liked Bright.
0: Yeah, we're just gonna. I mean, I think it's fa- safe to say right away that there's no chance we won't like it. So come back yeah. and hear our praise. And uh, we will see you maybe after the holidays, though. After that, right? Take yeah, some, we'll figure out. might I don't, take I'm some but
1: yeah, I'm 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 around. So oh, you know, whatever.
0: Well, maybe we won't. We're here for you, listening Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.